0: To an inspirational message from the Greater Shallow Missionary Baptist Church, where Dr. Michael Wesley Sr. is pastor. Please join the service in progress.
1: I just believe that's good news for somebody here. I believe that's encouraging. You, you know, church is is the hope of the world. The, the local church, when you when you come in, we don't always know who's here, we don't always know where you've been during the week, but God knows. And, and, and somebody may have just been at the point of ready to give up, ready to throw in the towel. But God wants you to be reminded that it ain't over. It is it, not over. So just, 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 just keep on. Just, 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 just keep on. Just, 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 just keep on. Keep on. Keep on. Keep on. Keep on. Keep on. and just keep on fighting until the victory has been won. And Father, we just thank you that you're the kind of God who never gives up on us. And you teach us to be people who can endure. Because we know that if we hold on to the end, Lord, we know that we'll be victorious. We thank you for blessing us with the courage and encouragement. Thank you for the inspiration that comes through song and through Scripture, and even through the Word. And we pray now as we come to this moment of sharing that you would lift again your human outer self and that you would bless us with your holy and divine presence. Speak, Lord. We need you. We need to hear you. We need to hear your Word. We need to be encouraged. We need to be uplifted. We need to be challenged. We pray that you will so speak it, so clear that none of us escape. Bless now the words in our mouth and the meditation on our heart that it may be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, you are our strength and you are our redeemer. Bless us now in Jesus' name. Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Well, my dear brothers and sisters, we are continuing in the book of um, Matthew, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 10. And we arrive again at this place To hear what the Lord will say to us and how he may encourage us through the spoken word, written word here in this time. We're picking up the, the reading at the 16th verse and we're going through verse 23. And I share that with you because when the scriptures are written, they were not written just in verse 1, 2, 3. They were written in paragraph form. And so you have to read the entire paragraph to really understand the the meaning of it and the context and how it applies. So verses 16 through 23 is the paragraph for our reading today. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents And harmless as doves. But be aware of men. For they will deliver you up to the councils. And they will scourge you in their synagogues. And you shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake. For testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, take no thought. Or what you shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what you shall speak. For it is not you that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. And the brother shall deliver up the brother to death. And the fathers, the child, and the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death and you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake but he that endureth to the end shall be saved but when you when they persecute you in this city flee unto another and verily i say unto you you shall not have gone over the cities of israel till the son of man become. This is the word of God for the people of God. I'm talking continually this morning about a dangerous assignment. We'll call in this part to a dangerous assignment. Every one of us need to know that being a Christian is not as easy as we make it. Often we We say things and we hear phrases to make it easy for people to come into the faith. We say all you have to do is believe and confess with your mouth and you shall be saved. That's true. That's all it takes to become a Christian. But living the Christian life and being sent on mission by God in the world, oh, that's a different matter. I remember years ago talking about uh, the Pony Express when it operated in the United States in the early years of the West. The Pony Express ran from St. Louis all the way to the West Coast. And they would advertise periodically for potential riders. And they wanted people who were single. They wanted people who weighed A certain amount they didn't want fat people they wanted people to know and be well warned that they faced imminent danger sometimes through the cold sometimes through the rain and sometimes through the attack of Indians and in spite of them laying out the criteria for riders they never went without a pool of people who wanted to ride for the Pony Express. Well, Jesus here is making it very clear to his disciples in this teaching passage that the mission that they are going to go on is going to come with inherent danger. That ultimately their message is going to be rejected and that they would find themselves the objects of persecution. And yet the men went. They didn't bag up. They didn't hesitate. They didn't say, oh, no, that was more than what I signed up for. No, they went and they obeyed the will and ways of God. And I submit unto us today that you and I have got to be forearmed and forewarned that the work that God calls us to is a serious work and it has some imposing potential for dangers for us. And especially in the world in which we live today and in the centuries that are yet to come or the time up until Jesus returns, there are yet going to be challenges facing Christian communities. More and more, we're going to find that people are going to reject. They're going to push back against the Word of God. They're going to rebel against the ways of God. We're seeing it all over. No one wants to be under rules. No one wants to be under authority. Children are already rebelling against their parents. People are rebelling on jobs. People are rebelling in communities. People are rebelling against law enforcement because people don't want to be under authority. But that still shouldn't stop us. We have to go forward. We would have to remember now, those of you that have been around, if you haven't been, join where we are. This is Jesus. In the first eight chapters of the book of Matthew, Matthew has assembled a lot of information to prove that Jesus is the Jewish Messiah, that he's the Christ, that he's the Son of God. And, and he did it in, 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 in unique ways. He demonstrated that Jesus was born down through the lineage, 42 generations. Then he, he, he gives a, an, a, us an announcement coming from men from the east that where is he that's born, king of the Jews? We know he's here. We've seen his star in the east and we've come to worship him. Then we hear heaven open up and say, when Jesus is baptized, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. We see him tempted by Satan trying to knock him off the pedestal ever before he got going. All understanding that this is the Christ. Then we see Jesus himself asserting his Messiahship through the teaching that he demonstrates in Matthews chapter 5, 6, and 7, announcing that he is a king and here are the principles of the kingdom. Then we see in chapter 8, him demonstrating power over all manner of sickness and disease, literally single-handed wiping out the illnesses in the upper part of Galilee see him controlling the demonic see him controlling nature and all speaking to the winds and the waves and then Matthew shifts in chapter 9 as Jesus pulls his disciples aside and he tells them as he looks down the scope of time and he says fellas the harvest is plenteous the judgment is on the way and we need to gather in the crops but the problem is the laborers are few not enough help to get in all of the people that need to be saved before it's too late. And he says to them, pray that the Lord of the harvest will send forth laborers in this vineyard. Then he turns around as chapter 10 opens and he said, that's all right. I'm not going to ask you to pray no more. I'm going to send you. And you're going to go out two by two. And we know who they are because his, their names are given. Simon. James and John and Andrew, all of the rest of the boys that are laid out there. Then we eavesdropped in on the instruction in verses 5 through 15. As Jesus told them, listen, I'm I'm, I'm commissioning you, I'm commanding you to go. And then he told them where to go. Go only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Don't bother with the Gentiles. Don't bother with the Samaritans. Don't take food, don't take money in your purse, but go. And whatever house you go in, you stay there and bless it. But if they don't want to hear you, then you shake the dust off your feet. He gave them instruction. And now in this same conversation with these disciples, you hear him giving them fair warning about the nature of their assignment. As he says to them, listen, fellas, I'm sending you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Now, they would have understood the imagery. You and I, because we are city boys and girls, we don't know much about sheep. But sheep are stupid. Sheep can be frightened easily. Sheep are very vulnerable. They are vulnerable to putting their heads down and getting lost. They're vulnerable to wild weeds and poisonous weeds. and They are vulnerable to, most importantly, attacks from predator animals, the wolf. And so Jesus is painting a picture for them to let them know the nature of the assignment, that it is going to be packed with imposing dangers. I'm sending you, he says. And the message, the message has implication for them in that particular apostolic age. It has message for people later in the church age. It has message all the way to people in the period of tribulation all the way up to the moment that Jesus comes back again. And so he's saying, all of you, all of us, I'm sending you out on this assignment as sheep in the midst of wolves. Now, we know who the sheep are, don't we? The sheep are the people that Jesus sent. Originally, it was the 12 that he was sending. But we too are the sheep. David wrote it in the hundredth number of the song. We are the sheep of his pasture. And he talks about even when we come to celebrate, we enter into his courts with thanksgiving, into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. We'll be thankful unto him and bless his name. Because no matter what, the Lord still is what? He's still good. Still good in his mercy. Endures to all generations. So we're the sheep. But the question that we raised last time We raised two of them. Who are the wolves? Who are the wolves? And we answered that. The answer is found in verse 17 and in verse 22 of the text. He says to them, beware of men. And in verse 22, he says, you're going to be hated for my name's sake. So who are the wolves? Men are. Human beings are the wolves. See, he was painting a mental picture because those guys that lived in Palestine would know the predator nature of wolves and the danger that they imposed upon sheep. And what he wants you and I to know in this 21st century is that he's sending us out among men. Men who are satanic field. And who will oppose the work and will of god listen 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 let me let me let me help you see it i know I know paul paul in in Ephesians chapter six writes that we meaning you and I wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against spiritual weakness, rulers of the darkness, all of those ideologies in high places but He's meaning the realm and operation in the spirit that Satan controls. But Satan doesn't just operate in an invisible world. He infiltrates the world and he infiltrates human beings. So human beings become the instruments of Satan's use. And he, so he fills men with evil thoughts. Look at it. Look at it from the beginning when God made the world. Satan was made too. He was made an angel. And he was in the realm of glory. His name was Lucifer. But he wanted to be like God. And God would have none of that. And he kicked him out. And so when Lucifer was kicked out, when God came down and began to form the earth and make the man, he was here. And guess what? He inhabited a serpent. And he used that serpent to beguile Adam and Eve. But later, after Adam and Eve had lost their innocence and their perfect standing with God, Satan now uses a different instrument. He doesn't use a serpent now. He feels Cain, Adam and Eve's son, And he kills his brother. And ever since then, he has been feeling humans. So, human beings are the wolves. It's men who have been doing the dirt on the earth. It's men who create, who who commit robberies. It's men who commit murders. It's men who took Jesus to the cross and put his hands with nails fastened to a tree. It's men who put a spear in his side. It's men who have persecuted prophets. It's men who hung the disciples upside down in all kinds of ways, martyred them. It's men. It's men who creates the problem now. It's men who breaks your heart. It's men who causes the problems in America and in the world throughout today. Human beings who have been filled by Satan to accomplish his purpose. Those are the wolves. And Jesus says, I'm sending you as sheep. And look at that, sheep, meaning there's a level of vulnerability about us. But because we are sent by God, there is a level of invincibility in us. Because we're not going out on our own. We're going infused with the power of God. So there's a tension that we live with. The tension that we live with is a level of vulnerability because I do have my humanness. But there's a level of invisibility because I have the power of God living on the inside. And so we go forward on this assignment, understanding that we're not going as sheep waiting on wolves to show up. We're going in the middle of wolves who are already there. And they're vicious too. Wolves are predators. And they will destroy the flesh of sheep. That's what they do. They they bite sheep. They rip their flesh apart. And they kill them. And that's what the Lord wants us to be well aware of. That people will reject your word. They will do some things. Now, how do you know that this was a message for the disciples' age? Because they went, and they went on that short-term mission. But how do you know that it was more telescopic than just for their age? Because some of the things Jesus told them would happen did not happen on that short-term mission. Some of it only occurred after the crucifixion and resurrection and the coming of the Holy Spirit in the church age was when some of these things happened. And there are some things that haven't yet happened that are happening today and some things that will yet happen in the tribulation period. And so you have to see the message as being broad-based and sweeping across a broader period of time. But the application to us is we are sent as sheep among wolves. Now you the second question we tried to raise, and I don't who are the sheep? Who, who who are the wolves? The wolves are men, right? Are you there? Oh, yeah. now, the second question is why are they so vicious? Why are they so willing to and tear up people? And the answer is because they hate Jesus. It's not you. He said, be aware of men for my name's sake. It's for his name's sake. It's not that, that people have any problem with you. The same folk that can be your enemies tomorrow could have been your friends yesterday. But they'll, have, they'll turn on you because you represent Christ. And you carry the message of Jesus. And when you carry the message of Jesus, folk won't like it. They won't like it. And they'll become vicious toward you, not because you've done anything to them, not because you're a bad person or a different person, but when you dare stand up. Oh, I was a different guy when I was in the world. I, I had friends then. I don't have any friends anymore. I had buddies and pals who would come by and say, let's hang out. But when I took on the name of Jesus and began to carry his word, the crowd shifted. It's not you that they hate. It's who you represent. That's why they're so vicious. That's why they're lacerating and tear you. But the third question, see, there are four questions in this passage that you really have to understand to really get the context and get it all out. The third question is not the first question is who are the wolves and who are they? Men. And and why are they so vicious? They hate Jesus. The third question is, how do they attack? How do they attack? There are three answers now. They attack first through religion. Look! Look! Look at the text now. Don't don't think I'll, I'm making this up. Verse seventeen. Look at what he says there in the seventeenth verse. Jesus is talking, and he's talking to his disciples here, and he said, "But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the council, and they will scourge you in the synagogues." See, he said, boys, you're going to know when you go out there and you're preaching that word, that those folk are going to deliver you. They're going to get mad with you and they're going to deliver you up to the council, to, to the leaders, and they're going to whip you in the synagogues. And that's the key word, synagogue. That's the, that's the religious station that was the teaching house for the Jews. Every Jewish community where there was at least eight Jewish families, they had a synagogue and the synagogue would be the place where the Old Testament scripture was read and where the rabbi would stand and and, 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 and interpret the meaning of those scriptures. And he said and it, it was also the place where the Jews had a little authority to exercise their religious discipline over people who were Part of the Jewish community when they went to the left, and they would sometimes bring those people into the synagogue and they would they would make them take off their shirt or, or their tunic or whatever, and they would they would they would tie whips together and they would flog on them and, and beat their backs and while they were beating their backs then you had you had more than one rabbi, you'd have one rabbi who would say one, and they would go pow. And another one would say two, and they would go say pow. And they would count at least 40 stripes, but usually they gave them 39 stripes. And then there would be another rabbi who would be reading the scriptures while the whipping is going on. Now, none of that happened to these 12 when they went out on this short-term mission. So it wasn't then that it occurred. It was after Jesus was gone back to heaven. When Peter, James, and John was preaching and they arrested them and they brought them before the council. They brought them before the larger council which was the Sanhedrin council. And they had those boys beat. And they put them in jail and they did all of those things. And guess what? So the, the attacks will come from Religion. God knows that even sheep sometimes are subject to attacks from religious folk. Man, if you really want to get messed up, man, you, you, you let a wolf in a church get loose on somebody. And they do the same thing. That's that's why there are so many churches in the black community because we can't get along. And we end up splitting. And we end up, because we don't want to be under leadership, I'll go over here, take me two, three people, and I'll start me a church. And then when they get mad, then I'll start me another church. And and right around this particular building, you got 36 churches. That means 36 mortgages. That means 36 power bills. That means 36... Whatever, we dilute the strength of what we could be and what we can do because we can't stand to be in cooperation with each other. Persecution comes from within. Listen, you got people, man, post-pandemic who have decided that they are not going to go back into a church because they got hurt or somebody in their family got hurt before the pandemic. They mess with my grandchild. They said something about my grandmama. They talked about me. And I ain't never going back in there no more. And you got people that have feel that feel that way. And it's because they have been hurt. Where? In the church. Religion has always been a persecutor. Down through years. The Romans persecuted the Christians. Oh, religion has always done people dirty. It was those religious leaders who went to punish Pilate and said, listen, we we want him crucified. We have a law. We can't crucify him. We can't order death, but you can. And Pilate tried to wiggle out of it. He said, no, you got a tradition. You can have the king of the Jews or you can have Barabbas. And you know what they cried out? Give us Barabbas. Because they would rather have a criminal than to have Jesus. Oh, y'all gonna hear me. But not only do the attacks, and I gotta move quickly, not only do the attacks come from religion, but secondly, the attacks against Christian people come from the government. Look, look, look at verse 18, the same set of scriptures, the next verse there, verse 18. Listen, and you shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. Oh man, they they brought Jesus before them, Pilate, they brought Paul before Festus. And Agrippa, Agrippa one, Agrippa two, you know Herod and Tippus, all of those were government officials. And may I tell you, the government still persecutes Christians today. It's the federal government that has levied down laws that are seeking to reverse. The freedoms and the privileges that you have enjoyed as Americans. And it will be the government who continues to narrow the focus until they separate you. I, I said earlier, I remember as a child, we had devotion in school. We even had on our report cards Sunday school credit. But what happened to all of that? Somebody made a protest and the government stepped in and decided we need to get rid of all of that. Before football games and basketball games, we'd have prayer. We'd have morning devotion where we stand and set a pledge and we'll pray in the morning. But the government stepped in and said, shut down that prayer. Don't you pray like that no more. Don't you talk about that name. We've taken... All of these things away, and don't think that they're gonna stop with just those. In the period of tribulation, the persecution is gonna come from both the church and the government because there'll be those who will not accept the mark of the beast, and they're gonna be beheaded. And they're going to be persecuted. And they're going to be slaughtered as martyrs. All in the name of religion and all in the name of government. And I'm telling you, even now, at this very moment, in these United States, that you have people that are lining up and they'd rather have a man who has a checkered record than to have people who can run the country legitimately so I mean already you got you got you got the federal prosecutors who are saying that these are the sounds of a mob boss. You got all of the indictments that are falling one after another, and yet you still got boatloads of people that are lining up Amen. to say this is our man. Yes, but you can't get a job if you got a parking ticket hardly down at the courthouse and you can't get a job in a bank because you may have had something go wrong. But they can make a man and still trying to defend and trying to undo the very laws that was designed to protect all because the persecutions come from government places. But there's a third, there's a third source, man. And I, I, I hate to bring it, but it's there. Look at verse 21 with me. Verse 21. And the brother shall deliver up the brother to death, and the father the child. And the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. So how? where does the attack come from? Attack come from religion. Attack come from government. And attacks come from the family. Can I, can I, can I tell you that there are families that are torn up today? They're torn up from the floor up. They, they can't hardly be in the same room together. They can't have decent conversation because Satan has so infiltrated and so caused people to, to be hateful toward one another. And there was an era in this country, even in my young life, growing up in the household that I did, that we weren't allowed to practice hatred toward one another. Even when sibling rivalries occurred and we would get upset with one another, mama would say things like, "That's still your brother. That's still your sister. You got to love them anyway. Put that down. Go over there and give them a hug. Tell them you're sorry. And then we'd be stood there. Be trembling on the inside. But she said, hey, you, you, you want me to get it at you? <laughs> No, well, I, I, it was easier to go ahead and apologize than, than to have that with me. But I thank God today. Are you hearing me? Oh, man, attacks come from families. Can't tell you, can't tell you only God would know how many families have been turned over to the government. When I think about Africa, when I think about slavery, when I think about all of the issues, it wasn't white people that ran down black people in the bushes and sold them into slavery. It was other family members. Sometimes when they would get upset with a person, that's one of the ways that they got rid of their enemy was selling them into slavery. I can't tell you how many people have been marched into lion's den and have been slaughtered by animals who have been turned in by loved ones. I can't tell you today how many families are so messed up Today. But you've got to learn that this is true. Listen, when some I've known of families, when a person became a Christian, that family would hold a funeral because they said this person was dead to them. They didn't want religion as a part of their family. They didn't want faith to be infused in it. I've seen families when they sit around and one person decides to pray and the other ones say, what you praying about? Ain't no need of you praying in here. We don't want to hear that in here. I've seen husbands beat up on their wives because she wanted to be a church lady. I've seen wives run out on husbands because he wanted to be a godly man. I've seen brothers and sisters stand at each other and depart, almost fighting one another at the time of a funeral procession because they could not get along. And Jesus said, this is happening now, and it's going to happen even more so. Hearts of fathers against their sons hearts of children against their parents they just had on 2020 news just this past week, yesterday the other day, a woman that they interviewed who was seeking to poison her whole family come out with a new drug now to help women with postpartum depression because so many when they go through that postpartum depression have destroyed their own children and now you have children turning against their parents and I want to tell all the boys here today, you better be careful with messing with some of these sisters today. They ain't scared no more. They're taking out a new insurance. It's called Smith and & Weston. And you roll up on some of these girls with that bad talk if you want to. You know, years ago, it was, he was called Al Gritz. <laughs> and he was called Al Gritz for a reason. And there was another woman who was vicious. Her name was Lorena Bobbitt. Man, they didn't play fair. They did some vicious, satanic things to people that they love. And you got to know that's where their attacks come from. When there's a domestic problem today, the first person who's under suspicion, if there's a murder in a house, it's going to be the surviving spouse. And they're going to investigate them, believing that they are the prime suspect until they can no longer prove, or until they can prove, that that person has nothing to do with it. You got all of these programs like Dateline and 48 Hours that show this stuff constantly in the face of American people how the family is attacking one another. It's just the fulfillment of what God's word says. So, Jesus, if the wolves are men and they are vicious because they hate Jesus and they attack through religion and attack through the government and attack through families, what should be the response of the Christian? Knowing that you're being sent out there like that. Jesus gives us five responses. The first of these, he says, be wise. This is what he says. He's not hiding it. He said, behold, I send you forth in the midst of wolves. But don't be like the wolves. Be wise as serpents. Don't be deadly like serpents. But be wise enough to understand that you are already in the midst of wolves and, and you've got to be smart enough not to stir the wolf up. You've got to use good sense and wisdom to know that when God is putting you out there in the middle of crazy circumstances, you've got to be wise to be able to survive. God will show you a wolf god will show you a snake he'll show you snaky people not so that you pick up sticks and say come on now snake i'll hit you with this stick because you might miss and that snake will get you but god will show you people so you know how to walk how to carry yourself you got to be wise I one night, man, a man called. A lady called me. She said, "Pastor, can you come over here by one o'clock in the morning?" She said, "My husband got a gun." I said, "No, baby, you don't call the wrong P. You should have called the police. I ain't coming over there. I ain't come over there in the house. Oh, you want some too <laughs> No. And then I said, "I said, tell you what, put him on the phone." <laughs> Uh, boy, what's wrong with you? Put that gun down. I said that from this end of the phone. You got to be wise. You can't be stupid. then secondly, I'm just going to give these to you real quick because time is running. Uh, he says to them, be harmless. Be harmless as do." See, that's the response in a rejecting world. Be harmless. You don't, you don't have to be hateful just because somebody else is hateful. You don't treat people the way they treat you. You treat people the way you would have them treat you. You be harmless. You, you, you have to know. You have to be gentle. You have to, when you're dealing with wolves, if you, 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 you got your hand in the lion's mouth. You can't snatch your hand out. You get your hand tore up, you got to ease that thing out. So you have, to, you have to be gentle. You have to be harmless as the wisest serpents. And then he says, you got to be aware. Look at, look at that same verse, 17. Beware of men. Be, you got to be aware of your circumstances today. We live in a corrupt world. We live in a world full of satanic field wolves. And you have to be aware. You have to be aware of your surroundings. You can't do your banking at night. I stopped going to the ATM at night. You understand? You have to be aware that your doors are locked on your cars. You have to be aware of your surroundings getting in and out of your cars in shopping malls. They play all kinds of games. You have to be aware of the schemes and the scams that are coming. Aimed at senior citizens. Aimed at young people. Young people sometimes are fooled and duped into trickery. Getting called out of their safe homes thinking that they're talking to this nice guy only to be caught up with a wolf who wants to take their life. Man, look at girls have been taken apart in ways like that. Senior citizens' bank accounts have been emptied through schemes and games that people play. You have to be aware. You are a sheep among wolves. And the wolves are not literal, physical wolves, they are other human beings just like you. And they're the ones who are playing, they're the ones who are Satan. Has filled and using people, and then when he says in verse nineteen that don't worry, that there's gonna come a time they're gonna gather you up, and they're gonna deliver you up before governors and kings and before counselors. Don't you worry about what you're gonna say. What he said is be calm, be calm, because then at that hour it'll be given you what you shall say, and it won't be you that will be speaking. But it'll be your father, which is in heaven, that's speaking. In my judgment, this is one of the clearest passages on divine inspiration. That these men, this was for these particular apostles. That the Lord said, when you are brought before councils, you'll be told what to say. In other words, the Bible had not been completed They couldn't quote scriptures, so they had to go off of what the Holy Spirit was feeding them at that moment. And that becomes the proof positive that when those writers of the Holy Writ sit down to write, that they were inspired by the same Holy Spirit. Write this, write that, and therefore we have the divine Word of God that I believe is written without any mixture of error because God the Holy Ghost inspired the writing of every word. God knows your name. God knows your frame. He knows your uprising and your down sitting. He knows your thoughts are far off. There's not a word in your mouth that he doesn't know altogether. And when trouble come, God said, don't you get the door. I got it. I'll step up in front. I'll open the door. Listen, when they came to pick up Jesus in the garden that night, they said, Jesus said, who are you looking for? And G- they said, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. He spoke up. He said, I am he. And the Bible said they fell back. And he asked again, who you're looking for? They said, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. He said, I am he. And they fell back. Why did they keep falling back? Because there was too much God in front of them for them to be able to lay hands on them. I want you to know the world may come against you, but there's too much God on the inside. A God who wipes tears. A God who stands in front. A God who protects. A God who guides. A God who does anything but fail. I oh, don't, I don't know how it makes you feel. That's why I can't help myself but to cry sometime. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yet do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil because thou art with me. When God is on your side, you don't have to worry. And God is on our side. There's one more thing that Jesus says to us and we got to go. He says to us, he says not only should your response be to be wise and not only are you to be humble or should I say be harmless and not only are you to be aware and not only are you to be calm he said but when the persecution come in this city you got to know when to be gone you got to know when to leave you got to know when it's time to get up and go because sometimes you can't stay there and let people take your life no it's too many cities that the gospel has got to go to There's too many other places that need to hear the word of God. And there's somebody in another place that want to hear it. If they don't want to hear it over here, shake that dust and go on. You got to know when it's time to go, baby. You got to know when it's time to get up. Sometimes it's all right to hit the road, Jack. And don't you come back no more, no more. When you're in a place that they don't want to hear the word of God and people want to hurt you because of the testimony. The Lord said, be smart enough to know, flee that city and go to another one because God got somebody who want to hear it. All of the young people are not gone yet. All of the men are not messed up yet. All of the women are not messed up yet. There's somebody God always has a remnant of people who are ready to receive what the Lord has to give. But we got to be wise enough to know. Listen, in Palestine, sometimes shepherds are found dead trying to defend their sheep. And there's a little city, uh, I think it's Alberta, Canada, a farming community that the agricultural department there have come up with an experiment to try to save the sheep and what they have done is they have made a collar that goes around the sheep's neck. On the outside of it, it looks just like the sheep's wool. But underneath the collar, right about the place where the wolf would attack, is a pouch. And that pouch is filled with poison. And so when the wolf attacked the sheep and he sink his teeth in what he think is the wolf's neck, he bites into a pouch full of poison, and the wolf falls dead on the spot. Oh, I wish you would hear me. The wolf may come, he may attack, but he's going to fall dead because no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against me is already defeated in judgment. This is the heritage of them that love God. God knows how to defend you. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength shall mount up with wings like eagles shall run and not get weary shall walk and not faint when you know the Lord when you trust him with all your doubt when you trust and never doubt he will surely bring you out you have to learn to take your burdens to the Lord and leave it there and when you leave it there God will take care of you I know I gotta go over my time but I just wanna tell you you gotta learn how to be grateful is there anybody here who's grateful? For the things that God has done just grateful just grateful learn how to just be grateful God has not promised you that life is going to always be filled with sunshine sometimes every life got to experience a little rain sometimes you got to experience a little pain and Jesus was letting these boys know that it's going to be some of that but learn how to be grateful anyway anybody grateful anybody thankful anybody ready to give God praise for blessing you, for counting you worthy enough to be included, to send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. It's a dangerous assignment, but it's a glorious assignment. And one day it's going to pay off. Doors open today. Doors of the church open. There'll be somebody here this morning who may want to give their heart to God. I want to give you that opportunity here. This is a great moment here. You don't have to miss. God loves you. God's caring for you. He knows where he sent you. He knows that you're among wolves, but he promises to love you and protect you and to keep you. Just because you're out there among the wolves don't mean you're going to lose. When Jesus is on your side, he never loses, and you'll never lose either. Yeah, who are the wolves? They're the men. Why are they so vicious? They hate the Lord. How do they attack? They attack through religion. They attack through government. They attack through family. But when we know the right response, we can be wise we can be under control we can be in the place God wants us to be listen at the song that's all God wants just be grateful that he counted you he includes you That's the consolation. It will be all right. The Lord is going to return. And it's going to be all right. And all of those wolves and all of those people that have destroyed innocent people will be dealt with. God knows how to bring us through. It's going to be all right. Just know that when you go out every day, no matter the occupation, no matter where you're going, you're going out on a dangerous assignment. You are going out as sheep amidst a wolf. God knows that. But don't worry. The text also said that he that endures to the end will be saved. The one that endures to the end won't be saved because he was so strong that he endured to the end. He endures to the end because he's true blue. He's true let God's man or God's woman and God in the end will bring you through more than a conqueror. Listen, love you so much.
0: Hope you enjoyed the broadcast. You have been listening to a message from the Greater Shallow Missionary Baptist Church, where we are reaching the world for Christ. Located at 2135 Jefferson Avenue Southwest, Birmingham, Alabama 35211. For a copy of a CD or DVD, you can reach us at 205-925-5972 or visit us on the web at www.greatashallow.org for an uplifting message. Please join us for the next broadcast.